0: It is an honor uh, to be behind here today and to share with you about one of my passions. And I get to preach tonight on the, one of the four core values, and that is community. And so I am stoked about where we're going tonight, but also at the same time, I know this is a big deal. What these four core values say about our church is crucial to how we live day in and day out as a body, not just when we're here, uh, here on Sundays or Wednesdays. It's the way we live our life every day. You know, we've talked about truth, we've talked about worship, uh, and tonight we'll cover on community, but when I think um, of a church having community, uh, I believe most of us would say, if you're like me, that it means that we enjoy our time with each other. If I think about of a church that has really good community, I would say that church really enjoys their time together. Or maybe it's a church, uh, as we'd say in the country, doesn't have much fussing. Uh, Or a church that has a lot of fellowships in the fellowship hall. Now, all these can be visible results of true community. uh, But I don't want to focus on how we, like we're getting ready to have... Build community in the sake of it being our job to have community, but rather I want us to look tonight at the community that God grants me and you as believers in Christ. The community that came through the blood of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that is what we get to have because of God's grace. So turn with me to Acts chapter 2 if you haven't already. We're going to look uh, at the story. Uh, When the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost, we're going to read uh, the beginning of chapter two, and then we're going to skip over Peter's sermon at Pentecost, and we're going to finish to see what the result was, Uh, and we're going to start in verse 42, 42 once we get done with that. So follow along with me, and we are going to read 1 through 13, and then we'll skip over to the end. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, In verses 14 uh, through 41 to that comment, and then in verse 42, we catch up. And after this, after the Holy Spirit had come down, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all things had all things in common." The Holy Spirit comes down just as Jesus has promised that he would send uh, a helper. Acts 1, he ascends. We know the Holy Spirit's going to come soon. He does. And this is what happens. The result immediately is they start speaking uh, in different tongues, not just in what a spirit language, but this is true languages so that people that were there heard and heard their own native tongue. But secondly, we see they devoted themselves right after this. The result of the Holy Spirit coming down, there was a movement so that people devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We're going to look at this word fellowship tonight uh, as our springboard for what we're going to talk about with community. This word, as many of you know, is the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia we really struggle with this word uh, to actually get the right English word for this. It's somewhere probably in between the word community and fellowship. And it doesn't just mean hanging out with each other. You know, we like to do a lot of fellowship. I don't know if you, I like food. Baptists like to fellowship always around food. And praise God, we got an example in Acts chapter two. You know, they devoted themselves to eating. Praise God. And Everybody, every Baptist church has had, got to have a fellowship hall. But they were devoting themselves to this particular thing, quinonia. So it's important that we look, though, at this definition and try to not separate these words, I'm not trying to say a community is this, fellowship this, and quinonia, but I want to make sure we see the common bond between those three words. So let's first look at that Greek word, If you look at the Greek lexicon, you can see that it basically states that it's fellowship, association, uh, communion, joint joint participation, or the share which we have with one another. Secondly, if we look at the word Christian community, now community is not just a word that is in Christian world. It's not just in what we have here at 9th and 0. You can find community in other things. But we're specifically looking at what we have in Christian community. If we look at that word, Dietrich Bonhoeffer defines it this way. Christian community is only this. That we belong to one another only through and in Jesus Christ. And finally, if we look at the word fellowship... I think John Piper does a good job of defining that. He says, fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ that puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. So the key and the unifier of all these three words is the fact that Christ is the unifier. We don't have Christian community unless the Holy Spirit invades our lives and we trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Now, I like a good fellowship. I like to eat. I grew up in a Baptist church where we had church rolls. You know those little rolls that have the rolls in them at the top? And you put butter on top of them? Man, when we're having watermelon tonight... If you work with the singles in college enough, you'll know that there's always an after party. So find some places. There's got to be a roll truck or a roll trailer somewhere. Um, but you see that this unifier is Christ and what he's done for us on the cross. It is evident when we have community that the Holy Spirit is doing a work, not in just me, but in us. That is Community. And so, in order for me to have koinonia with you, you have to be a born-again believer. It's this commonness of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and what Christ did on the cross. It gives us the right to become children of God through what Christ has done on the cross. So first, in order for us to have community, I have to accept Christ. This is the foundation. It's the act of the Holy Spirit. It's the act of what Christ has done and the fact that God the Father sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. Community exists not because of something we create. Community exists because God gave it to us. We are unified in this room as born-again believers, not because of some fellowship hall or a BCN that we'll get ready to go to. We're unified in this room because Christ died for us and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. What I want to talk about tonight is how we reveal that to each other and encourage one another and see what God's doing in each other's life. And when we do that, what we do is actually we do build community by the way of us revealing what God is doing in each other's lives. So, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. He also comes at a later time to the Gentiles later in Acts. And we know that He, different from the Old Testament, He now embodies the believer. It now becomes, the, our bodies become the new temple. We see that in Paul's letter to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, when he says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? So this is not just something that is happening here. It's something that was the beginning of something that would happen for all time for those who accepted Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in opens our eyes to the truth of the gospel and lives within us and it's not just for one individual it's for the church the holy spirit spirit is that unifier the thing that brings us together through the blood of christ so what does this mean first of all all believers have been given Community. The Christian community that we have is grounded in the fact that I am a brother to you and you are a brother or sister to me. But it sometimes gets covered up, it sometimes gets covered up by other types of community in our churches. For instance, I go and greet out in the main lobby a lot of times between services, and somebody walks in, and they've got a University of Tennessee shirt on. Praise God. And I go over, and I say, go Vols! And they go back, and they say, go Vols! And instantly, there is a relationship and community built. And I'm like, yes. There's only a few of us here, but we're going to fight. <laughs> well, we, after we have talked about the good years and bad years and the fact that we haven't won a national championship in the last whoever knows when, um, we can have that. But if it stops right there, which many times it does for all of us in this room, have we really revealed what God wants the church to be about? There's a lot of things that we can talk about on a Sunday or when we gather together. We might talk about our hobbies or how well we're doing on our uh, switch game or how much uh, who, what guy or girl in our singles or college ministry in the youth ministry, y'all over there, I have got you. Um, what guy or girl looks cute or whatever that is that you talk about on a Sunday morning before you actually, or maybe even when Adam's speaking, I don't know. But um, that is not our ultimate goal though, right? There's a reason I use this illustration as well. It's not just a distraction, but it also can be division. I scream out, Go Vols. I am saying that amongst enemies. <laughs> and we can say that in a funny way, but it also can be something that deters and causes division and groupings in our church that don't need to happen. And I realize as much as I love the University of Tennessee, I dare not wear orange in front of this pulpit. Um, so it's important that we focus on why we're here at Ninth and O Baptist Church and what we think community truly is. I have a lot of friends in this room. I know a lot of things about a lot of people. I love people. But one thing I desire more at 9th and 0, and I need to be encouraged in, is learning more about what God is doing in your life. I want you to know what God's doing in my life. And when we do that, we reveal the community that God has already given us. And we are encouraged to keep on going. Secondly, an unbeliever cannot have Christian community. They have not received the Holy Spirit, therefore, they cannot have Christian community. Salvation is necessary for us to have Christian community. This is crucial when we look at the purity of Ninth and O Baptist Church. When we look at the church role. We do not believe that a person can be on our role at Ninth and O Baptist Church unless they are a professing believer in Jesus Christ. They may, of course, attend here, hear the good word, be encouraged, be loved on, but they are not members. They do not have Christian community with us. We must, again, have the Holy Spirit for us to have that. This also comes up when we mention about church discipline. This is one of those churches, I didn't experience that growing up, but we believe if a person professes Christ, and is a member here, but yet is in sin and is not over time turn from their sin after being confronted multiple times and repent from that, then we as a church will take them off our row through a vote, but go through the Matthew 18 process. And I will tell you this, I've seen this happen. And there's grace, we sow grace upon grace in this. But at the same time, there has been times at 9th and O where a situation is so bad that people have been taken off our roles because we do not believe when we do that that they're believers and they do not have Christian community with us. Our desire ultimately is for them to repent and be restored back to ninth and O, oh, and to the love and have a relationship and have Christian community with us. But we see that unless somebody comes to know Christ and is a born-again believer, they cannot have Christian community. We see this also in marriages. If we look at 2 Corinthians 6:14, we see that Paul writes this: "Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness. An unbeliever and a believer may not find community, may find communities in those surface things, they may be able to love each other. But what drives them and the direction they're going, one is going to be headed toward Christ and one is not. I met with a couple yesterday and praise God, they are both believers starting premarital counseling. One professed Christ. The other one was very concerned about being unequally yoked and praise God. The other one professed Christ and, um, what an encouragement to see, that I was able, I would just been working through this, um, to boldly share the gospel and see somebody profess Christ in our offices here. But it's important to realize, singles and college students, that there is nothing you have in the deep core of your, if you're a believer, to even start dating an unbeliever. Youth, don't do it. You have nothing at the core of who you are. You cannot have true community that God has designed for you unless that other person that you're about to date knows Christ. Thirdly, Christian community needs to be revealed. I've said this in different ways, but I wanted to put it as a point. It is not just something that we work on um, or we build. It is something that that we can reveal to each other. So first on a Sunday morning or when we gather together, like in our BFGs, I see this happen in BFGs uh, throughout, I hear stories from Blake and some of the other BFGs, Um, we need to be sharing our victories. We need to be sharing uh, when we're going through struggles as well. Then we pray for them, and as we live life together, we see God answer those prayers. Sometimes even before the class is out, I'll see prayers answered. Secondly, I believe we need to serve beside each other. It's amazing to go by, many of you don't get this opportunity, to go by the nursery or the children's ministry and just to see the different ages that work together in the preschool ministry. It does my heart good to see our singles in college that I know, the faces I know working beside some of the godliest people I know at Ninth and O. And they're being able to see God work as they serve the families of this church. We need to visibly see that. When we see sacrificial giving, sacrificial service, we are revealing to each other that we have community. Thirdly, we need to keep our eyes open. Just because it's happening around us, some of us walk around with the doom and gloom. Some of us, as Dr. Cook talked about a few weeks ago, we're hypercritical in everything. And we miss what God is doing in this church. Every one of us at some point probably struggle with that. There may be something that just bothers us and it's just right there constantly. It's like me and I pass up on my yard, you know, something that's wrong and I pass it up 10 times before I finally go and pull that weed. It bothers us to the point that we can't see the rest of the yard. And I think many times we miss out and Satan uses that in a foothold in our life so we don't see God doing awesome and mighty things at Ninth and Old Baptist Church. Open your eyes. Look and listen. Watch God do some amazing stuff. When we do that, we reveal and we get to see the community that we have with each other. Fourthly, this is crazy. I, I went to jury duty right before COVID and I was uh, sitting right beside uh, a guy who was from the Middle East. i uh, been in the United States for 10 or 20 years, married his wife here. They had a couple of kids and uh, he found out I was a pastor and... I'll never forget, after we got done with the conversation and we got dismissed, he looked at me and he said, you know what the church has that is envied by the world? I said, what? And he said, it's community. True community. It's just a reminder, true community is desired by our world. There is so much transition in our world that real community is hard to come by. Everybody's moving every sports team can't keep the same player on the same team for more than a year or two Maybe not even that long We're a world of transition where you're afraid to commit to another person Real community is hard to come by in this world As we share what god is doing in our lives amongst ourselves and we share with each other And then we share outside of these walls what God is doing here at Ninth and O Baptist Church will have the Matthew 5.16 effect. On the Sermon on the Mountain, Jesus said, His prayer was that they would see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Acts 1, we see that we're to be his witnesses. What does that mean? Does that mean that we share the Roman road with someone? Yes. But really is talking about we are eyewitnesses to what God is doing here. We need to share what's happening inside these walls or in our ministries outside of these walls to a dying and lost world. It is something that the world craves. Number five. Community is something <clears throat> to be cherished. I don't know about you, but the things that are closest to me many times I actually take for granted. My marriage, my kids, my job here at 9th and O Baptist Church, and the community that I have here. We need to learn to cherish it. It's the reason we have it up in front of you everywhere that you go at night to know. It's up here when we preach, it's out in the hallways, it's on everything that we print. Those core values are reminders that we're to cherish those things, that we value these things as a reminder. We forget how good we got it. When we don't cherish things, this is what kind of things happen. We complain about everything. We don't share about what God is doing in our lives. We stop looking for the Holy Spirit to do work in our church, and we might not even show up at church. I don't believe that we'll ever lose community because it is something that God has given us but we will miss the blessings of watching to see the community happen. So what, how do we wrap this up? We do it by providing you a lab after we get done here. Uh, we're about to be done with this service, and we're getting ready to go do a building community night. The staff designed this B, these BCNs for you to have the opportunity to rub shoulders, With people of all ages and with your friends. My challenge for you tonight, when we get done praying, after we get done with the benediction, that you will not just stop at the common things that we have in this world, but you will talk about things eternal. That you will talk about what God is doing in your life. And you'll have your eyes open and your ears open to hear and see what God is doing here at Ninth and O Baptist Church. And when we get done with our BCN, and you have seen those things and heard those things, you go and share outside of these walls and share about the community that you have. And may people see our good works and ultimately come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the community that you have given us. The right to become children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and for your son down on the cross, we would not have this community. This eternal community. This is not something just of this world. It is kingdom focused. It is eternal. Lord, we thank you for that. And I pray, God, that we would be looking for what you're doing among Ninth and O Baptist Church. In Jesus' name. Amen.